fellas, fellas, fellas. How we doing, fellas? What's going on? I'm Austin Abbott. How is everybody doing today? Uh, took some time off from the pod. This is Fade Consensus Podcast. I'm Austin Abbott. Yeah, man. Took some time off. Just, just I don't know, man. Been busy. I went to the Delaware Water Gap this weekend. Uh, had a birthday. Uh, my girlfriend's birthday. We went to Texas. Saw a concert, man. We've just been busy, like actually busy, not like just BSing you guys. Like we've been busy, uh, but I'm having a good time, dude. I can't complain. I just turned 25, getting washed up, dude. This is real. I am 25 years old. That's pretty disgusting. Halfway to, oh, dude, I'm old. All right, fellas. Uh, I want to drop more content, but like, I like I said, I've just been busy, man. I've been busy. Real quick before we start, uh, shout out Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas was cool. We spent uh, four days there, but shout out to Terry Black's. Terry Black's barbecue is the best barbecue on the planet. I'm not even kidding. I don't give 10 out of 10s out like casually. Like Terry Black's barbecue is the number one best place in the world, man. That place has the best ribs. I swear on my life. Dude, I never thought I'd spend $25 on a single rib and be happy, but like, oh my God, I feel like I ripped them off. Does that make sense? Yeah, dude. Austin, Texas. Cool city. Cooler name. Uh, yeah, let's kick it off. Uh, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk dark horses, and I'm going to pick a division for each day. Today, we're going to start with the AFC North, and we're just going to move on from there, man. We're going to start with the AFC North. And tomorrow we'll probably do South, East, West, and then so forth. We'll hit the NFC. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. All right, so real quick, Dark Horse. We're talking, you know, we're not talking the alpha on the team, right? Uh, We're talking about the next man up, like the number two, the guy that's just like low key that, you know, could pop off. but, But, you know, we're not talking top tier. So without further ado, Pittsburgh Steelers, first team in the AFC North. That's who we're talking. Najee Harris. No, I'm just joking. I'm completely joking. Najee Harris is already goaded. We are going to move on. We are talking Deontay Johnson. Yes. Yes. He is He is not truly broken out yet. Like, he's broken out, but we're not talking like Stephon Diggs this year or, or Calvin Ridley breakout type of year this year, right? We're talking uh, a player who has never hit 100 receptions. We're talking a player who's never hit 1,000 yards. So, yes, Deontay Johnson falls in this category, okay? And this doesn't take, like, a rocket scientist to figure out. All right, I'm going to hit you guys with numbers real quick. Devontae Adams led the NFL with 10.6 targets last year. He was number one in the NFL. He was also the number one wide receiver in fantasy. All right, that's Devontae Adams. Deontay Johnson, his average targets in games where he did not, did not leave early with an injury was 11.8. So let me tell you those two numbers again. Deontay Johnson, 11.8, and then Devontae Adams, first in the league with 10.6. Okay, Deontay Johnson, there were three games where he left early last year. So he truly played like 13 games if we're talking 20, like if we're talking like 30 plus snap percentage or higher, right? Like I'm throwing away those three games because he got injured very early. So 11.8 targets a game. I mean, that's disgusting. That is just disgusting. Uh, Juju's a free agent, not this season, of course. I'm talking the following year, 2022. You guys need to do your homework. Uh, Deontay is a fringe, fringe top 15 dynasty wide receiver already. Targets are not given, they are earned, okay? 
I mean, you guys can scroll through some of my old tweets. I talk about Deontay a lot because he deserves to be talked about a lot. All right. Over this, ready? Listen, listen to this. Deontay Johnson had a 10-game stretch where he was mostly, mostly healthy, okay? Over those 10 games, he had 114 targets, 70 receptions, 680 yards, 6 touchdowns. The targets and volume is everything you need to know. Drops will decrease, right? That's going to happen, man. Efficiency is going to rise. Big Ben was super inefficient last year, right? Pittsburgh was very one-dimensional last year. Deontay Johnson's ability to command targets is unmatched. And let's go over those 10 games really quick. I'm going to talk about his fantasy points. So this is week 7 through week 16, a 10-week period. He had 29 points in week 7. The following week, week 8, he had 1.6. Okay, so I like I said, he was mostly healthy. He This game, actually this was just his worst game of the year. He was healthy, right? He played 76% of the snaps. So, so he was very healthy. Um, then he had a 14-point week. 24.6, 24 points, 12.6, 21.18, 19.9, 21.6. Uh, I mean, dude, like, he's hit on every single week I just said aside from uh, three, right? Uh, he, like, really busted in, like, two of them, right? I, I Like, that eight in the one-point game, like, he busted, right? Okay. But guess what? He had an 80% hit rate there. Um, I'm talking, like, a top—when I say hit rate and bust, right— so in order for you to bust a receiver or whoever to bust, a running back, whatever, a bust is considered QB, RB, WR, tight end, 25 or worse, right? So that means they were a tight end or receiver running back three that week or worse, right? You know, one through 12 is, is one. 13 through 24 would obviously be a receiver two. So so if, you're, if you fall out of that category 25 or later, that is considered a bust week, right? So... My point is, Deontay Johnson had an 80% hit rate, right? And, I mean, dude, that's so good. This And we're talking about someone who hasn't broken out yet, right? Deontay hasn't had 1,000 yards. Deontay hasn't had 100 receptions. Deontay is going to hit one, possibly two of those numbers this year, man. There's a very, very good chance he hits 100 receptions. Also, like, this is very strange, but Juju Smith-Schuster had 100 yard... Uh, we're talking Juju Smith-Schuster, 100-yard games, all right? 2018, he had eight. 2019, he had one. 2020 he had zero you see the trend it's it's the Deontay showdown man Juju one-year deal I'm telling you man he's gonna be out of Pittsburgh a year from today and you're gonna wish you had Deontay look man I don't know if I've convinced y'all yet but if I haven't convinced you on Deontay Johnson yet I'm gonna hit you guys with one final stat all right we're gonna talk 2019 wide receiver class career stats right two seasons we're talking DK Metcalf AJ Brown Terry McLaurin, who Deontay is actually better than, in my opinion. Yep, hot take. I don't care, man. He's better. Big, big Deontay fan. Uh, Darius Slayton, Debo Samuel, trash. Michael Hardman, trash. Um, all right. All those receivers I just named, uh, who else am I missing? Uh, Nikhil Harry, whatever. Hollywood Brown. The entire class, Deontay Johnson, number one in receptions. Number one. Yep. Deontay Johnson has more receptions than DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Terry, all those guys. Deontay Johnson. I'm going to read off some stats, and then we're going to move on. DK Metcalf has 141 receptions. Uh, Terry has 145. Deontay has 147. AJ Brown's all the way down at 122. I know he missed some time. Uh, Slayton, Debo, Michael Hardman, all under 100 receptions. 
Uh, yardage, yardage, yardage. Um, Deontay is third, right? Deontay has over sixteen hundred yards in two years. Uh, Terry has just over two thousand. AJ Brown is twenty one hundred. DK Metcalf has twenty two hundred. Let's look at touchdowns. Um, Deontay has twelve. Terry has eleven. AJ Brown is nineteen. DK has seventeen. All right. AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Alphas. Um. I saw Deontay had a few more targets, a few, I think it was like 15 more targets than Terry. That's kind of hard to believe, man. But like, dude, I'm telling you, Deontay gets the targets. He gets the volume. Draft Deontay Johnson. He's going to be one of the best values. Draft CeeDee Lamb. Draft Cooper Cup. Dude, they're going to be such good values. Skip the receivers early next year, man. Skip them. Go running back, running back. Draft those three receivers mid-rounds. Mid Oh, man, you're going to be so set up. Come back, grab Javante late. Dude, I'm telling you guys all my secrets right now. I got to stop. I got to stop. All right. All right. We're moving on. Cleveland Browns. I'm here to tell you guys why Kareem Hunt is actually going to outscore Nick Chubb this year. And before you turn the pot off, I'm just joking, guys. That's not going to happen. Nick Chubb's actually going to leave him in the dust for the first time this year. Like, it's not going to be close. It's the Nick Chubb show this year. Um... But we're talking about a dark horse, right, for Cleveland. Dark horse for Cleveland Browns, man. This is tough, dude. Like, I don't like Jarvis that much anymore. Um, I know he used to be a PPR machine. Uh, I kind of want to lean OBJ here. Should we make an OBJ segment? Um, I don't, like, I don't want to talk Donovan Peoples-Jones because, like, I get it. He could actually be relevant if, you know, one of those two players went down or, uh, got traded i get it but like dude we're not gonna go spend 10 minutes talking donovan people jones and like why you should draft him because you shouldn't right so uh let's talk obj man i kind of want to talk obj we never talk obj uh let me pull up a random stat that i just found about obj so here's a list there's 11 players to ever do this players who have had at least 2,000 yards 145 receptions and 11 touchdowns their first two years so, like, a weird, like, kind of cherry-picking stat, right? But I just found it. OBJ, Randy Moss, AJ Green, Michael Thomas, Juju, Marquise Colston. Shout-out Marquise Colston. Omari Cooper, Sterling Sharp. Wow. Uh, Gary Clark, Larry Fitzgerald, and Terry McLaurin. So, kind of a random list, but, like, all those names are, you know, respectable. Very, very good names. But uh, OBJ was on top of the list. And, like, dude, I just... The reason I brought that stat up is because... It, yeah, it was very, very, very random. I get it. But the reason I brought it up is, like, I don't want people to forget that OBJ wasn't just, like, some jag or, like, some decent player. Like, OBJ was the truth, man. OBJ was nuts to start his career. He was Justin Jefferson, right? You hope Justin Jefferson, the beginning of his career, turns into what the beginning of OBJ's career was, right? Um, So, look, I'm going to break down his career real quick. OBJ is a rookie. He had over 300 fantasy points. That's just absolutely insane man he had uh 130 targets 91 receptions 1305 yards and 12 touchdowns right dude that's just stupid it is stupid the numbers that he put up um his second year man he had 96 catches 1450 yards and 13 touchdowns right and then the next year he literally had almost the same type of stats as well right and so his first three years he was receiver seven as a rookie receiver five, and then receiver four, right? Unreal. The fourth year, right, he got banged up. He uh, only played four games, right? So throw that throw that year away, right? I'm throwing it away because he missed 12 games. So that you can't evaluate that, right? 
the following year, his final year in New, in New York, it was probably it, it was not probably it was his worst season that he'd had. With that being said, he still had 77 catches, which is a good number. 1,052 yards, another good number. Six touchdowns, that's fine, right? He was receiver 15. Receiver 15 is good, man. That's like just that's just outside of being a receiver one. That's, that's a good year, okay? That was his worst year that he had in his, in his um, career, in his stint with the Giants. He got traded to Cleveland. He finished as receiver 25, right? Now, now listen, listen. So his final year with the Giants, compared to his first year with Cleveland, he only had three less receptions. So he still had 74 catches. That's good. He had 20 less yards. He had a th- so, so it was 1,035, and then he had four touchdowns. Right? The, the touchdowns stink. Right? I get it. But okay, man, I can I can overlook I can overlook touchdowns. Right? I ca- I can't overlook lack of receptions or yards. I cannot overlook that. Touchdowns, I do not care about. Right, those are when you're evaluating a player, man. You you cannot look at touchdowns. That is, they are one of the least sticky stats. They are one of the most misleading stats. So, point being, Odell had almost an identical season his final year with the Giants compared to his first year with Cleveland, almost identical, and he went from receiver 15 to 25. Right, that's a big jump, and you know why? I firmly believe it's because the league is continuing to transition to even more of a pass-dominant league, and there are more wide receivers that are thriving. That, dude, that, like, honest to God, that's got to be one of the uh, primary reasons why that's happening, because his stats were almost identical, and for him to jump 10 spots, dude, that's a big difference. Um, but with that being said, man, like, like, his first year in Cleveland was good. I don't care what anyone says, it was a good year. His second year in Cleveland, which was last year, right, the most recent season, he only played seven games, so I'm going to throw that away. So so look, we're throwing away the two years he got hurt, right? The two years he got hurt, he played seven games and four games, not even half a year. So throw them away. Let's look at every season that Odell's actually played healthy. He has finished as receiver seven, five, four, fifteen, and then 25, okay? So that is one, two, three, three seasons of being a receiver one, top seven finishes, and then two Basically, two receiver two seasons, right? Look, it's very obvious. If Odell is healthy, and, and when I say healthy, man, I'm talking 12-plus games, right? Uh, probably 13-plus games. Now there's they're 17 games. If Odell can play 13 games, man, if, if Odell can just stay healthy, I mean, there's a... Uh, look, man, look, look at his numbers. Look at everything I just said. Why couldn't he beat a, Why couldn't he be a late wide receiver two? You know, the stats are there. The history, that I mean, year after year, he has succeeded. When he is healthy, he has never not succeeded. I mean, he is, in his five years healthy, dude, four of them, he's been receiver 15 or better. So I'm telling you what, man, if Odell is healthy, he's going to be a very good value. That, that's all I got to say about Od- Odell, man. He's, he's, not, he's not washed up. I don't want to hear it. But he's not who he used to be, right? He is, he's a lesser version. But even a lesser version of Odell Beckham Jr. is still better than the average wide receiver in the NFL. Can we agree with that? He may not be who he used to be, but he is still above average. And every single time he's healthy, history has shown that he is a top 15 receiver, okay? I'm just, I'm just hitting you guys with facts, right? Like, you can sit here and argue and disagree, whatever. I'm just, I'm literally just reading, reading off numbers, all right? So, 
Yeah, man. Odell, probably low-key, actually good value this year. That's 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 how I feel about OBJ. Will I be drafting him? Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, You know, I'm starting to like him even more now that I'm doing even more research on him. But I just told you I love Cup this year, man. I think he's a good value. I love C.D. Lamb. I love Deontay. And OBJ is probably going even later than all these guys, according to his ADP. And rightfully so, right? And I'll tell you what, man. Recency bias, it's one hell of a drug. It is... It's crazy, man. People think like Michael Thomas is gone. Like, dude, wake up! Like, people are fading. People are literally fading uh, Devontae Adams because Aaron Rodgers may be gone. Dude, Devontae was disgusting with like Brent Hundley or whatever the frick his name is. All right, dark horse Cincinnati Bengals. This was very, very difficult, man. This was, and I mean, this was a really difficult one because I like Jamar Chase, I like T Higgins, I like Joe Burrow. But I'm going to end up picking Joe Mixon here, man, because I think he... I'm not saying he's going to be the most valuable player on the Bengals. I think Joe Mixon uh, goes very well with this category, right? Because Joe Mixon is not looked at as a top back, right? He's looked at like that tier two running back. But I think the situation has changed tremendously in Cincinnati. Um, and I think that he is he is just prime. He's set up so well this year. And, and I've been anti-Joe Mixon for years, man. Years. I've never liked Joe Mixon. And and I never liked his talent. Like, like, I think his talent is fine. I'm not saying, like, I don't like Joe Mixon's talent. I don't think Joe Mixon ever had the uh, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Dalvin Cook, I never saw him in that tier of talent, right? Never, never, never. But with that being said, he, you know, his, his talent's still fine, man. It's fine. It's just I don't look at it as top tier, right? The situation is what I love, right? They got Penny Sewell. I'm just kidding. They should have taken Penny Sewell. I'd probably like the situation even more. But I think that, you know, dude, they, they have three stud receivers, right? Right? They, they got Boyd. Boyd's solid. I don't care what he says. Tyler Boyd's a good receiver. You also have Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is the best wide receiver coming out of this class, hands down. Not even close, right? And then you have T. Higgins, right? T. Higgins is very, very underrated. He was almost a first-round pick, man. What do you go, 33 overall last, the, the following year? Uh, the previous year, rather, right? So first pick, second round, uh, just before Michael Sintman Jr. to uh, the Colts. Stupid pick. Anyway, um... Yeah, that is a slander to Michael Pittman because he sucks. All right. Dude, you have three very solid options. What does that mean? That means that the defense isn't going to know what the hell is going to hit them every single play, man. Since he can do so much, they can run with Joe Mixon. They can throw with their stud quarterback to their three stud wide receivers uh, hit my boy Drew Sample at tight end. Just kidding. They they could use a tight end. That's about the only thing that they, they should upgrade on offense, man. That and their line, of course. Right, but that goes without saying because their line uh, their line will be better this year. But but still, man, their line's got to get better. Um, but but I really like Joe Mixon. Let, let's talk more about Joe Mixon, right? Because that's who we're supposed to talk to talk about. I like Joe Mixon this year for a lot of the reasons that I just mentioned. Uh, Joe Mixon as a rookie, right? As a rookie, he was. Uh, he didn't. He didn't have the snap percentage, right? He played 14 games, but the majority of the games, he you know he wasn't receiving the volume 
Uh, he only had 178 rushing attempts, right? 600 yards. His yards per carry were, actually wasn't even good as a rookie, right? It, it just his rookie year, he was getting eased into the role, and and the volume straight up wasn't there, right? So we can let I'll let Joe Mixon have a pass, right? And I didn't like Joe Mixon a whole lot. Um, I, I should have liked him more coming out, right? Looking at his profile, his size, he checks a lot of boxes for me, right? Good height, good weight. He's like 6'1", 220. Uh, he's still 24 years old, dude. I'm 25. How, dude, how am I older than Joe Mixon? Um, his second year, he snapped. He had 237 attempts. That's a very good number. 1,168 rushing yards. Very good number. Almost five yards per carry. That's a great number. Eight touchdowns. Good number. And then he had 43 receptions, which is so solid, man, and 300 yards. And then an additional touchdown through the air. I mean, dude, like that that's such a good year. And he finished that year as running back 10. Running back 10 as a, as a sophomore. Dude, that's that's awesome. And then his third year, right? Like and, and like look, I didn't like him as a sophomore and he balled out, right? I I've just recently over the past few months I've I haven't like come full circle on Joe Mixon, but like I've just grown to really like the situation. His third year he finished his RB13 a little bit worse, but but still a very good year. He had 30 less rushing yards. He had 1,137 yards, five touchdowns. So he still had over four yards per carry, which which is good, man. Like, like, like that's fine. Like, four yards per carry, I'm okay with, okay? Um, guys like Cam Akers and DeAndre Swift, I'm pretty sure they were both at, like, 4.3 yards per carry, right? That's fine, man. They didn't have the volume this year. They will both be good moving forward, but they didn't have the volume this year, right? Again, so Joe Mixon, rookie year, we can look past because he didn't get the volume. So- sophomore and junior year, great seasons, right? Great, great years. Uh, RB10 and 13. And then last year was his fourth season. He only played six games. So, like, look, I'm I'm completely fine with throwing that season away. Uh, I'm not going to let recency bias bother me. I am pa- I'm putting it behind us because when Joe Mixon is actually on the field, the volume is there, and he produces. Let me hit you guys with a few numbers for Joe Mixon. All right. Joe Mixon is the sixth in the NFL in highest paid contract, right? For for, for running. Look, like that low key kind of matters because you don't pay someone to sit on the bench. It's like straight up, you don't pay someone a lot of money to sit on the bench. You pay someone because you want them to help you win. You pay someone a lot of money because you want to use them a lot. Like plain and simple. Look, man, like Leonard Fournette and Joe Mixon, whether you like it or not, they were very, very similar um, as far as their career, you know, career stats the first three, four years. And you saw Jacksonville walked away. They they cut Leonard Fournette. Joe Mixon got a fat extension from Cincinnati. So it shows that they value him and want him to be a vital part of their future. Okay. Just so we're clear, I like Joe Mixon so much more in redraft than I like Joe Mixon in Dynasty. All right? I, I just, I had to say it, right? And, like, look, so many people get burned by Joe Mixon year after year. I get it. But, like, low-key, like, that's not true, man. He, he's been he's been a top 13 back two of the four years, right? So, like, yeah, he had a whatever rookie year, right? He wasn't used that much, right? So I don't look at it as a bad year. And then he had two great years. And then last year he got banged up, right? So, look, dude. Take a chance on Joe Mixon. He was RB9 last year through the first six games before his injury. RB9, dude. What was he the two previous years? RB13 and RB10. Okay, look. Joe Mixon 
has a very good chance at finishing as a late, late first running, like like late RB one man. I'm talking like RB ten to twelve. I I don't expect um I don't expect Joe Mixon to jump Dalvin or Saquon or CMC or uh, Derrick Henry. Like I don't expect it, but like could it happen? Eh, probably not. No, no. I'm not even gonna entertain the idea of it, right? Unless there's an injury. No. Joe Mixon still is not in that tier. I'm just saying the volume for Joe Mixon this year is going to be nuts. I don't know how much you guys follow Gio, Gio Bernard, right? He's gone. He had 127 touches per year since 2018. Dude, that that's a stupid number, 127 touches. I'm not saying 127 touches are going to Joe Mixon, but, like, come on, people. Is Samaje Perrine, or however the hell you spell his name, or say his name, rather, is he going to get all of those touches? Of course not. Like, of course not. He could hit uh, 80 or 90 of them, sure. But guess what? That's an additional 30 or 40 touches for Joe Mixon. That could be an additional two touches a game, right? And, like, look, you say, Austin, two touches a game. Like, come on. What is that? Well, dude, every point matters. Every touch matters. You'd be surprised, man. An additional 30 or 40 touches by the end of the year, that's a big difference, man. I'm telling you, it's a huge, it's a very big difference. I'll say I'll say one thing, man, and I own, I own Joe Mixon in Dynasty. If Joe Mixon balls out this year, right, I'm talking like 1,200 rushing yards, 50 receptions, like four or 500 yards in the air, and 10-plus touchdowns. If he has a great year, man, please do not go out and buy Joe Mixon the following year, right? Do not. Do not buy Joe Mixon. I just, I love Joe Mixon for, for redraft. I love him. Dynasty, please do not buy him. If you own him, yeah, you should probably be selling Joe Mixon so high. If, if, if he balls out this year, man, oh, dude, sell him for top dollar and do not look back. So all in all, I don't mean to reiterate myself, but I'm going to wrap it up real quick. Joe Mixon, he's the clear-cut number one on the depth chart. Clear-cut. Gio Bernard's gone. Joe Mixon is a pass-catching running back. Okay? Not many running backs in the league are pass-catching backs, right? Joe Mixon is a perfect dual threat. Joe Mixon has great draft capital. He was paid last year, four years, $48 million, sixth highest in the league. In 2018, uh, offensive line coach is back with Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I forgot about that. Holy crap. That's low-key big, right? Because that's when he was he was very good. And he had, like, just a reminder, he had 1,100 yards and 4.9, almost five yards per carry that year. Look, he can change. Joe Mixon can change, guys. I'm, I'm just saying, man. And he's also one of the most iced-out players in the league, dude. He has so many swag points. I'm just saying, man. Joe Mixon this year, please, if he somehow falls to the beginning of the third round in a redraft, oh, my God, you just struck gold. I'm looking at him late second, man, but, like, I'm going to really be trying to get him or Swift late third. Uh, I'm sorry, early third. But, yeah, Joe Mixon. That's who I got for the Cincinnati Bengals. I really, really like him this year as a dark horse. Like, like he can crush. I think he can absolutely smash his ADP. Remember, he was RB nine before he got hurt for six games. Just remember that, fellas. For all you recency bias idiots. All right. Last but not least, we're hitting the Ravens, and then we're getting out of here. Um, can I skip this one? Because there is not a single dark horse on the Ravens that I, I like. I'm not even kidding. There's not a single dark horse that I like. Could I go Lamar? Right. I, don't, I also own Lamar, but I don't, <laughs> fellas. I don't know what to say. I don't like Sammy Watkins. He's garbage. He's hot garbage, man. Garbage. 
Uh, I don't like bust down Gus Edwards. Like straight up, he's he's just a vulture, man. He's gonna steal a lot of volume from J.K. Dobbins. He got paid to do that. Um, who else we got? Rashad Bateman. He like he might be one of the top guys. If I had to pick one, him it would probably be Rashad Bateman, or it would probably be Lamar, right? Because I just I, I don't I can't even confidently tell you guys that I think Hollywood is going to be the dark horse this year, dude. Hollywood is just Hollywood is what Hollywood is, right? He's he's going to have a few games that he's awesome, right? He'll have four catches, 130 yards in the touchdown, right? Because he's gonna he's a burner, man. He's going to catch a few deep balls this year. That's inevitable. But I don't, I don't, you know, in a PPR format, we only play PPR format, right? Because uh, that's what we do here, right? You're weirdo if you don't play PPR. Shout out to America. I love my country. Uh, yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Lamar likes Hollywood, but Hollywood is not a possession receiver, right? He, he's going to have a few, he, he's going to have a few catches, right? He's what Deshaun, uh, Deshaun Jackson's been in towards the end of his prime, right? He he never caught a ton of balls, but when he did, he found the end zone pretty frequently. I don't know, dude. I I really loved Rashad Bateman coming out and I knew I knew one receiver was going to get screwed over, and sure enough it had to be him, dude. I was so bummed. He was like my receiver two or three coming out of this class. And like dude, I don't want any part of him in any format in dynasty redraft anything, dude. I just Lamar, it's incredible that Lamar can be so good in fan, for fantasy purposes and real NFL purposes, yet he destroys the rest of his team's value in fantasy. Does that make sense? Like, like the fact that he's such an incredible, unique dual, th- dual threat, I mean, he kills J.K. Dowd. Like, dude, Lamar's never thrown 28—the number's 28. No running back in Baltimore since Lamar's taken over. In 2018, wait, 2018, 2019, uh, whatever, 2018, 2019, no running back in Baltimore has had 28 receptions or more. So I I love, I've said it before, man, I love J.K. Dobbins, but I am not touching him. I am staying so far away from him. I am, J.K. Dobbins is like the the fat kid in, uh, he's standing against the, uh, you know, you're playing, look, you're playing dodgeball. J.K. Dobbins is the fat kid. You don't want him. He's the last kid that's drafted in the entire league. You don't you don't touch him. That's J.K. Dobbins, right? J.K. Dobbins is so talented, but he's so limited. He's not going to catch passes. Bust down Gus was just signed to a fat contract, and what's going to happen? He's going to vulture so many yards, so many touches, goal line work. Dude, I, I don't – the Ravens are one of the most frustrating and difficult teams to judge or rank um, – I think they're a darn good football team, too. I, I really do. Um, if I had to take one player on that team and for fantasy purposes, it would be Lamar. If I had to pick one for the dark horse category, it, it would probably be Lamar, too, man. Like, I don't I don't want to talk about Lamar. You guys know what Lamar is. I think Lamar is actually—I think he's low-key underrated, too. Um, he was he was so hot to end the year last year, like like crazy hot. He was a league winner, man. But but he was he was so disappointing for the first ten weeks. Um, but hey, if you made the playoffs with Lamar, it didn't matter because he carried you to a championship. He was a stud. Uh, but but yeah, I kind of want to talk about Rashad Bateman just a little bit more, dude. He was 
he was so freaking good coming out. And, and I'm not saying, like, Rashad Bateman's dead in the water, but, like, I think he is. I, yeah, I, I am saying he's dead in the water. Uh, as long as Lamar is at home, right? Unless, unless Lamar gets hurt and Aaron Rodgers magically goes there or someone who can throw for 4,000-plus yards, I don't know. Like, people forget Lamar is just one year removed from leading the entire NFL in passing touchdowns. Like, people forget that. He had 36 touchdown passes. Um, do I think Lamar's going to have 36 touchdown passes this year? No, 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 no. Not at all. I don't know if Lamar will ever have 36 touchdown passes again in a single year. Um, could Lamar hit 30 uh, with 17 games? Yeah, he could do it. He could do it. But, like, I think his ceiling is, like, right around 32 touchdown passes. I, I don't even know if he can hit that, though. Um, no, he, he, he can hit it. I don't know if he will do it. Right? I could see him at, like, 28 to 30 range. That's kind of where I have in my projections. But uh, I'd, lo- I'd love to see Gus Edwards. I'm sorry. Forget Gus Forget Gus Edwards. I would love to see Lamar Jackson on a different roster just because I want to see Rashad Bateman and I want to see J.K. Dobbins ball out, but they're so limited with him, man. I'm telling you, the volume is not there for either player because it's the Lamar show. The Lamar show is the only thing that matters in Baltimore. That is the only thing that's going to happen in Baltimore, right? I mean, you talk, I always talk volume, man. And the volume is simply not going to be there, fellas. Fellas, this is Fade Consensus Podcast. Um, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate you guys. Um, if, if you guys want me to talk about anything, shoot me a DM. Just, just shoot me a DM on Twitter, man. I'll be happy. I'll be happy to talk about whatever. Whatever it is, man. I, I, I just I enjoy talking fantasy. I enjoy seeing what you guys think. And... Uh, yeah, man, I can't complain. The Home Run Derby is about 30 minutes from now. I'd love to see Otani take it. That'd be so cool. Uh, I can't believe a pitcher's in it. Like, what? Dude, how how is a pitcher leading the entire league in home runs? That's insane, man. So, yeah, fellas, I'm signing off. I'm Austin Abbott. This is Fade Consensus. Peace. Peace.